0: focus on your data and testing and learning from your data, that your best benchmarks come from your own data. So really being able to wrap your arms around your data and understand even 20% more of it will be worth it 2023.
1: Hey everyone, my name is Noah Barnett and I'm the VP of Marketing here at Feather. And I'm excited to be in the studio today with Ariana and Talia. They're both on our services team. Ariana is the Senior Director of Services here at Feather, and Talia is the Strategist and Team Lead of the services team. Thanks for being in the studio with me today. Thank
0: you so much for having us. Such
2: a pleasure. Yeah, no, it's been great.
1: So the reason we wanted to pull you into the studio, because normally we have guests from customers that we might work with or industry leaders, but I wanted to pull you all in because our services team here at Feather is unique for a software company and you all work really intimately and close with our clients and helping them shape their digital campaigns, how they use Feather to help their organizations grow, whether it's a donation campaign or a membership campaign, and really work alongside. And I think that Vantage is unique, especially as we head into a new season of the podcast. I wanted to pull you all in to kind of give some feedback on what you're seeing and how our customers are evolving their marketing in 2023. But before we do that, I have two quick intro questions. Uh, The first one was, I would love to know how you got into doing marketing. What was kind of the squiggle that you went down? And then as a follow-up to that, what was the first brand or marketing campaign that made an impression on you? And Talia, I'm going to kick it to you to start.
2: All right. Squiggle is the correct term for that one. Uh, I have a background in radio and TV journalism, followed by IT help desk support, with a brief foray into workforce development and then realized that my love of IT and journalism kind of both combined into the perfect space, uh, which is digital marketing. And here I am at Feather.
1: That is quite a squiggle. And <laughs> we'll dig more into that background too and how that helps you actually do better marketing. Because I think diverse backgrounds like really help people doing marketing kind of have different vantage points. So that's awesome. I
2: agree, um, thanks. But
1: what was the first brand or marketing campaign that made an impression on you that you can recall?
2: It's got to be H&M's She's a Lady And I think it was so impactful to me because when I think of kind of like consumerism, it's, you know, clothing labels typically come to mind. But this was such a marketing strategy of embracing individuality and how H&M can provide women of any background, any type, any shape, size, et cetera, with the empowerment of that kind of individuality. And I, I think the first time that I had really seen that in the genre, and it was really impactful to me.
1: Yeah, it's incredible to see campaigns like that and so many others that embed like purpose while also still amplifying their products Mm -hmm. and kind of be able to um, surge that message uh, to the market. So, yeah, that's lovely. Thanks for sharing. Ariana, how did you get into marketing?
0: Mine was also a, a squiggle. So, I inherited a local publishing company. It was volunteer-based, a lot of interns and volunteers um, for a local digital publication called Gainesville Scene. Gainesville is where Feather here is headquartered. And I was very involved in the community and loved helping tell the story of kind of the offbeat arts and music scene here in Gainesville. So I, uh, the founder of the magazine, ended up moving away to Germany and I took it over. And while I was working at another tech startup full time, I was kind of moonlighting, creating this uh, magazine and did some event promotion and managed a team of volunteers. And in that process, kind of realized that in telling the story of so many small business owners and trying to highlight the community fabric of Gainesville, recognized that that story could be applied to Marketing and that that was what was lacking in their own marketing and their own sales efforts was the the lack of storytelling and so I kind of started dabbling on the side while I was writing stories for them then I was also helping them launch some um, ad campaigns and doing design and doing some websites so. Uh, fast forward a couple years later and I decided to take the leap full time and do a little a small local agency here in Gainesville, um, focused on digital ad campaigns that started with local businesses here in Gainesville and then translated into events and then kind of brought in to, to nonprofits as well. So that all happened before I landed into Feather, which was a perfect mix of digital advertising, nonprofits, events, etc.
1: Yeah. That's uh, exciting because we're on the Unplugged podcast. So the fact that you have a background in you know keeping a pulse or a beat on the local scene, maybe you can help us you know amplify our podcast something mm-hmm. in the future. <laughs>
0: yes, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: and before we dive into what we do every episode here on Unplugged, which is to get into the weeds on campaigns and strategies that are working, for context setting, I think it'd be helpful to get Ariana, your view, and Talia as well, how we uniquely, the Feather services team, really supports and comes alongside our clients.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, Feather is a software company. Uh, we're the nonprofit marketing software company, and a lot of our customers want to utilize the power of Feather, but they want or need a little bit more help, whether that's Purely you know, execution help to help them flight and build segments and leverage all the tools that Feather has to offer, in addition to planning and strategy help. So our services team, through a mix of premium onboarding services, data services, and really uh, campaign management services, we partner with our nonprofit customers to plan, ideate, execute, launch, manage, and report on their campaigns uh, throughout the year so that they can really better understand their data, their audience, they can use the myriad of tools that is in the Feather platform. And then we really help close the loop for them and, and make sure those results and that story is being communicated, you know, to the other stakeholders at the organization.
1: That's super helpful, Ariana. And Talia, what is a typical customer engagement look like? Maybe the first three, six, 12 months.
2: Absolutely. We start off with just truly getting to know each other. Uh, we want to make sure this is a long-term relationship. And I always say discovery first, strategy second. I really need to deeply understand the organization, their goals, what, you know, what drives them. And that can take a little while. Uh, we want to develop that relationship. So the first few months, we speak a lot about what drives the organization, the work that they do, what their internal goals are for their year. And then it's my job to identify the strategy by using Feather that would best emphasize and help them achieve those goals throughout the year. So the first few months are definitely a lot of planning and discovery and just truly getting to know each other and how we might best help them. Achieve their marketing goals.
1: Yeah, that's excellent. And it's so differentiated. You know, I've worked with software companies for a long time, and I think there's a part of it where there's always support in people, but we take it to that next level for those that need that extra help and come alongside you in our co pilot program. So thank you all for laying that out. And that really sets the stage for the vantage we want to tap into for the rest of our conversation, which is what are we seeing in the market? What are we learning from campaigns that we've helped clients run in the past? Uh, What are we hearing from clients as what they're prioritizing? And then ultimately, where do we recommend organizations focus as we head forward? And so with that, I would love for you all to share a marketing initiative, a strategy, or a campaign that really outperformed expectations. And what did we learn and what did the client learn that we're pulling forward into future marketing efforts? Talia?
2: Absolutely. Uh, this is actually a pretty easy one for me. I've been, uh, I've had the pleasure of working with Open Doors Canada, uh, which is an organization that um, drives awareness and supports faith based individuals in countries that have been deemed somewhat unsafe for those people. And they came in with very quick timeline, probably a two month ramp up period for an end of the year donation flight. Typically, we like a lot a little bit more time, of course, to get to know each other, to get you know all of that information in place and make sure that we can, you know, achieve success. And In this situation, it was wildly successful, uh, just driving a ton of donations very specifically and and very quickly. And I think some of that was due to two major things, one of which I think uh, they have some really, really amazing content, really engaging. It's consistent. It's just really impactful and provides a lot of information for people that are dedicated to what the organization does. And of course, um, the very specific call to action of helping them achieve a very specific goal in a very specific amount of time. And I think those two things just uh, really worked together to really just um, blow our expectations out of the water on that
1: one. And for our listeners, you mentioned the word flight. And I know, Ariana, you (laughs) mentioned that too, but since many don't communicate in (laughs) Featherin, what is a flight? When you say a flight, what do you mean by that?
2: A flight is the overall marketing project. So, with a co pilot, we create a flight in Feather terminology, which is essentially the project or overview of what tools and how we're going to use Feather, uh, specifically those tools, to achieve an overall goal.
1: Yeah. So, it's like, hey, we're going to do this coordinated effort across, you know, we're going to use this content and these channels to engage or to cultivate a relationship with a specific set of audiences to a specific end purpose. And in this case, for Open Doors, it was end-of-year donations. Correct. That's great. You mentioned two things. So you mentioned the quality of the content and the clarity of the offer or the ask or the suggestion. Are there other best practices you've seen when someone's like, "Well, I'm not open doors. Do I have quality content or how do I think about having quality content in campaigns? Are there best practices that you've seen across clients that our listeners could pull forward?"
0: One thing that I think is what our team recommends if you are unsure about if our customers are unsure about the combo between the message or the content and the audience, is really to run extensive tests. And obviously there are ways to format your landing page and make sure the call to action is very clear and there's imagery and you know formatting best practices. But also the actual message on that landing page or on that website related to the offer, often what we see is just like a, a guess. It's like, what is that message? What is that per- persuasive language uh, to really build that relationship with the user and if you're you know really taking a stab in the dark it's helpful to use the power of a tool like feather or any kind of ad tool to be able to do tests so uh, something that I've seen work really well over the course of this year is our, our team break campaigns out into phases where if there is uncertainty over what type of message is going to reach a user who has never interacted with your organization, who has never engaged with Open Doors Canada? Um, what are some guesses or assumptions that the organization, Open Doors Canada, wants to make about their uh, top of funnel or cold audience? And how can you, how can we? Target through cold campaigns, through geofencing, so it's like location based targeting, or through lookalike or affinity targeting, or keyword targeting. How can we have a few different options with uh, messages to kind of test and test some of those assumptions that we have around what that message on the ad or that landing page should be so that we're really reaching the audience where they're at?
1: That's Really smart. And I think there was two big takeaways out that I want to highlight and just reiterate because I think they're really relevant for our listeners is you said content should first and foremost have alignment with the audience. Mm -hmm. And that's so interesting because sometimes it's like we have we have these things we want to say or these stories we want to share and we're like, okay, we're going to just put them out there to our audiences and invite them to donate in this case or to become a member But that's focusing more on our alignment to the content, not our audience's alignment. Mm -hmm. So that's key. It's not just about quality content because you said it's quality, it's quality content measured against its alignment with your audience and what they care about. And then the second thing you mentioned was just being able to test and try, right? We're not, this isn't magic. And so we really just get to use the best practices of doing marketing by testing messages, testing assumptions. We understand this about our audience. We're going to try this we're going to try this we're going to try this and we're going to be able to learn and get feedback so that we can have increased confidence through our next cycle which is really powerful
0: mm-hmm. that's exactly right and i think even for those organizations that are doing a first time online donor strategy or they've never really had a reliable donor funnel, online donor funnel, the assumptions we make about the audience that has donated in the past through other methods like events or galas or mailing um, or planned giving, those messages might be significantly different than reaching an online donor audience who really wants to donate micro donations 20 bucks at a time. And so I think... It's important to really, within the organization, unearth some of those assumptions about who your audience is and who those personas are. And that's where a tool like Feather comes in of, you don't have to get it right or perfect the first time. You can test those assumptions and really identify who is this online donor audience and what types of messages do we want to try to reach these folks with. Yeah,
2: And sometimes understanding who they're not is just as an... as impactful Mm -hmm. as understanding who they are in the short term. Mm.
1: Could you speak more to that, Talia?
2: Sure. Uh, As Ariana mentioned, a lot of the existing donors for many of our organizations that are just starting on their kind of digital marketing journey are very different than the online donor persona. So it might not be uh, someone who has a large one-time donation or a large recurring donation. It might be someone who is interested in the organization because of what they do. Maybe it impacted them personally, but maybe they don't have the financial capabilities of donating large sums of money. Maybe this is something that they just want to do right now because it makes them feel good. They want to help. They've been impacted by it before. And that's very, very different than what their typical donor persona would look like. It's someone that might actually convert more quickly than a long-term engagement strategy for like in-person donor acquisition, which typically takes a lot of time. So just identifying how different the behaviors are and using those methods of testing to identify who they are, where they're coming from, what interests them, and becoming um, really engaging with that quality content based upon what's valuable to your digital audience.
1: That's super helpful. And I want to go back to what you mentioned with Open Doors Canada. As you mentioned, this was like an end of year campaign and it was really, really successful. And it was because of the quality of the content and the clarity of the offer. How, if you know, is Open Door now using those learnings to apply forward to their 2023 campaigns. You know, we're at the beginning of the year, people are launching new campaigns to cultivate those relationships. Uh-huh. What did we learn at the year end of year that now we can apply in the new year?
2: Well, it's uh, actually in progress, so I'm working with them still. Uh, so this is kind of a sneak peek into their strategy this year. But what we've identified is just using the behavioral analysis of what their new digital audience is interested in to kind of further their engagement. We want them to keep coming back to become invested in the organization and the organization's work because people who are invested in their success want them to succeed and are more likely to donate. And using the insights that we that we gleaned from that end of year giving campaign, we realized that uh, specificity, uh, consistent and just quality and, and engaging content and being able to bring people back using that kind of content focused message to become engaged to become invested in their mission um, is really going to be part of that uh, strategy moving forward this year is just a double down on um, getting people there getting people invested getting people engaged so that we have a comprehensive and and really just sustainable uh, donor acquisition strategy for their digital audience
1: yeah, and this is unplugged, so it's okay that you're still working it out. That's part of the, uh, the gift of this podcast is that we want to go behind the scenes. We want to know what types of questions people are asking, because mm-hmm. those sometimes are almost more powerful than best practices. It's just like, what questions should I be asking about my end-of-year campaigns that can help me be more successful in 2023? So thanks for giving us that sneak peek. Ari?
0: One more note on um, Open Doors is because so many of their donations came from warm audiences, There's going to be a ceiling to how much return we can continue getting because, you know, just thinking of the marketing funnel, we need enough people to be in that middle funnel, be engaged with the organization. And so I think... Uh, knowing that we were able to reach the most engaged folks in a short timeline, which is remarkable that we had so much success in such a short timeline. But it's because they had a highly engaged lower funnel audience, people who are already browsing the pages, invested in the organization. And so when planning much more long term, it's important for us to make sure we don't forget about bringing new people into the funnel And continuing to engage them so that, you know, end of year next year or during their uh, spring appeal, we're able to really capitalize on on those efforts. So it's a constant, you know, inflow of bringing new folks into the funnel.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Deepening connections with your community, but increasing your connections with new Mm -hmm. community members is great.
3: Hey friends, Emily here from Feather. Feather's nonprofit marketing platform turns your "if only" wish list into reality. Feather Flights, our marketing automation tool, helps you design multi-channel campaigns and automated engagement journeys. Feather is trusted by over 1,300 nonprofits, and we help you unlock more time, more results, and ultimately more confidence with real-time ROI reporting at the campaign level, so you know what works, removing the guesswork from your 2023 plan. Book time with one of our digital strategists today and learn how you can unlock more in 2023 with Feather by visiting Feather.co. That's Feather without the last E dot C-O.
1: The other thing I heard you mentioned, and Talia, I think this was something you were saying but it made me think is that just because you had conversions at end of year doesn't mean that's the end of it. And so how do we think less about conversions and more about like having a conversation? Because just because they gave doesn't mean it's the end. You know, we're not in the commerce business where it's like, oh, they bought a car, now we're done. Mm -hmm. You know, We want to have this continued dialogue and increased connections with our community over time and being able to pull that forward and say, hey, they engaged with us or they didn't engage with us, they converted or they didn't convert at year end. Now we're gonna use that as the starting point for our conversations we're having in the new year, not that it starts over again. And I think we forget that as marketers. Sometimes we like go back to the drawing board too often, or we're like, okay, we ran this campaign, it was successful, not successful. Then we're like, okay, we're gonna run another campaign. And we forget that like the audiences are the same. We're having an ongoing conversation. So mm-hmm. that was super helpful.
2: And extending that conversation is is incredibly valuable making them understand that their donation was truly part of the success of what they've been able to achieve is a very valuable marketing tool for repeat donations as well. And consistently re-engaging people, making sure they understand that they're a part and a reason for the success and allowing them the opportunity to feel good about it, as well as reaching new people in, in a different way, right? So we're talking about the long game versus the end of the year donation, it's a completely different strategy. And it has to take into account, like Ariana said, those brand new audience members that we've helped them to gain through different feather methods, while at the same time, engaging people um, who may not have donated or and uh, continuing to engage people who have, and helping them to uh, just stay a part of the audience and stay a part of that mission.
1: Absolutely. And then experimentation and learning are really huge in the good marketing framework that we outline for our customers and for our audiences, so they'll be familiar with that. And so I would love to know when something didn't meet expectations and what did we learn from that and how did that inform our future work with a client into their strategy?
0: I have a, I have a, a a trend that I think we've, we've learned from, definitely, which is, I think, end of year, last year, uh, so not 2022, but 2021. In 2022, we saw a lot more success with our end of year campaigns and some of our initial 2021 campaigns. And that was primarily because when we have smaller organizations that don't have online donor program or don't have a built up online audience, uh, maybe they just have their email lists, they don't have a lot of traffic coming to their, their site and they are a smaller organization overall trying to flight and plan a campaign that's going to yield any sort of monetary value with a very short amount of time, like three months or less, is not setting the organization up for you know long-term success. And so something that we did in 2021 is we were setting up a, a longer-term strategy, but really hoping that if we allocated enough budget to convert people um, in the, the last few months of the year, that it would still, we'd be able to Touch them enough times to be able to get them to to donate, and uh, what we learned from that this year was that it really is a you know six to nine to twelve plus month uh, engagement because we can't just assume that someone is going to go from never he- hearing about you as an organization to donating within three months, especially through just add an email campaigns if they've never been to, uh, you know, an in-person event event if they uh, have never donated before. So I think that was a a learning that we incorporated with a lot of our organizations this year and really planning nine months in advance for their end of year campaigns. Because yeah, the short turnaround can work. For organizations like Open Door Canada, who have a a robust existing audience that's engaged, if you don't have that yet, it's going to take longer to to build up that audience.
1: And I think that's key for those listening to this right now, because that's right now. Mm -hmm. So planning success for year-end is right now. It's the conversations you're having, the connections you're building with your audience. It's less like... High intensity interval training. <laughs> I <laughs> right. think is how most people think about their marketing. They're like, ah, oh, to your end, let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, and they do a ninety second push, and then they're like, oh, you know, at the beginning of the year, like, oh, I gotta breathe. And it's like, no, it's actually much longer. Like slower pace, more distributed, and really reflecting that to your audience are the organizations that see the most success because they're having consistent connections with their community, mm-hmm. not just. Last-minute conversion conversations, like "Hey, convert, give us donations, right. etc." Absolutely, it's, you're more engaged, and I think we we see that in our own work. Like the brands we're engaged with more often, regularly, not just like when there's a sale or when like I need something emergency-wise. Like the the brands I'm connected with are the ones that I'm engaging with, you know, once a month or once a week, depending on what type of you know uh, company it is. But it's really about that long term that's really important.
0: The power of cultivation really is, um, we've seen a lot more efficient returns when we have been cultivating throughout the year. And that impact stories for customers, even if they we're not trying to get donations, it's not a solicitation. We're just trying to share back with don- donors, you know, where their dollars went and what happened uh, mm-hmm. with the organization throughout the year. I think when we are running impact stories uh, throughout the year, then when we're in solicitation season, like end of year giving, that return ends up coming back, you know, fivefold. And so I think that's something I know the services team has incorporated in most of our flights is where are we adding in those cultivation campaigns, email and ads, and really just sharing
2: more of the story to build that real relationship.
1: Yeah. Yeah absolutely
2: and how we can best grow the relationship with their digital audience
1: yeah we're seeing this actually and i this might not be applicable but i do think it's a lesson we're learning even here at feather in our own marketing efforts is about 4 months ago we changed how we think about our ads and we were doing testing for direct conversion ads so it was like hey audience come sign up for this webinar or hey audience come request a demo of feather's platform And we've slowly increased budget to non-conversion options. So like, come read this blog post. uh, Come watch this video. Come listen to the podcast. And we're seeing cost per conversion cut in half, even though we're not doing direct conversion ads. So we're actually seeing demos at half the cost. And in translation, it might be a donation for those listening or a membership sign up or an event ticket at half the cost. By actually sending them to something that's more valuable, like a case study or an article or a podcast. And so it's been interesting, and that might not work for everyone. You know, your benchmark, your best, best benchmark is your own results. But it is interesting to see how when we're cultivating connections that are value add, how conversions happen more organically than we think. We're not, we're not trying to convince anyone to do anything.
2: Exactly. Because we think of it being kind of transactional. So I give you my email address, you give me a newsletter. This is like flipping that on its head. Let me give you something. And suddenly there's that trust and that interest. And it does what you wanted to do all along only it's because Mm -hmm. we're giving, we're helping first and not asking them for something before we give them something of value.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've talked about things that were flying successes and uh, learnings from experimentations and even maybe less than excited results. But I'm generally pulling back from specific clients, where where are you all seeing nonprofits invest more, and where are nonprofits pulling back investment, whether it's channels, whether it's the types of programs they're running? Where, where are people investing more? Where are people investing less?
0: I am seeing more investment. Time, care, and attention. Um, this is outside of Feather, but I th- I'm seeing more um, attention from our customers on that storytelling aspect and like the c- the content creation piece. Whether that's more video, um, more recipient stories, but that doesn't need to even be like high quality, well produced content. Just having real raw stories. I think the power of storytelling and how to be actually authentic with marketing and make the organization humanized and it's not just this organization that helps and has a three bullet point impact statement but it really is an organization that helps real people, you know, real animals whatever the cause may be i think is producing more of the positive feedback loop in things like getting donations in Feedback from the community in the engagement on social networks. So I'm hearing murmurs across our customers about them, you know, putting more money towards figuring out what those stories are and writing those stories with great writers, with video, with community engagement, um, even um, community management on social platforms. How to really get those real stories that don't need to be well produced but are very authentic, and that has helped. And continues to help feathers marketing campaigns significantly. It's like all, you know, what Feather does and what any ad platform or email platform does is connect a message to an audience. But if that offer isn't there, if that story is not there, that will fall flat. So the more that our customers are investing in story, the higher return we're seeing on the campaign. So Moving forward, I expect there to be even more of a focus on storytelling.
2: Yeah, I agree completely. I think I always look at it as digitizing or translating those face-to-face conversations at those events, at those galas, the stories that they're telling each other uh, about the work, about the impact. It's finding a way to to also communicate that to their digital audience. And I think storytelling is absolutely one of the most impactful ways to to do so.
1: Is there any areas you're seeing organizations invest less in, whether it's a channel or kind of a type of campaign approach?
2: Print mailers.
1: So you're seeing clients pull back from offline mediums?
2: Specifically for print medium, probably. So the cost can be prohibitive for some organizations and they're not seeing as much of a return Uh, at least from those that have have discussed it with me thus far. That's what I would say. Ariana, do you have uh, any more info on that one?
0: I think this might just be 2022 and all the changes that happened with Facebook, but I think a lot of our customers are like spooked or frustrated with all of the (laughs) Facebook Mm -hmm. changes to tracking and the way they measured success no longer being the case. Um, And obviously, I think there's just a learning curve there. But I've seen some of our our customers we put their Facebook spend towards other channels like Google or like display. You know, Feather has Facebook retargeting, so we have some Facebook. But I think the the amount of changes that have happened in twenty twenty two with Facebook have spooked some of our customers or just like frustrated them. So I, I imagine there will be a bounce back, but it'll be slow.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned something that I think many of our audience, our our listeners will resonate with is that change is always constant now and they'll likely continue. Mm -hmm. You know, platforms changing rules or different platforms seeing growth in audience. So think TikTok now, but then pullback because of security stuff and then Mm -hmm. um, YouTube increasing and then people pulling back and then email, you know, becoming a, a powerful channel again. And so I think that constant change is one thing that is important for us here at Feather to keep a pulse on, on behalf of our clients, because we want to be that guide in the landscape. You know, landscape's always changing. You don't need to understand all those changes. But we, whether it's through this podcast, whether it's through the research we produce, or through our co-pilot programs uh, from your guys' team, like being that guide in the chaos is really important. And it's important to have a partner to be able to do that.
0: Absolutely. Right. The change is never going away. And it's just being able to, to help each other navigate it, I think is uh, is our mission on the co-pilot team. Yeah. One more area, which I know we talked about a lot already, but I, I am seeing it slowly catch on, especially with our, our more savvy customers, in actually allocating a testing budget, which we love to see. We always recommend, we, we understand when our customers can't you know, justify a large experimentation budget in year one working with us, but that is so helpful to be able to frame it, Put this budget in a container of like, we are spending this money to purely learn and we can throw a lot at the wall and see what sticks. We can test these assumptions. We can, you know, close this feedback loop. And even though inherent in every co-pilot flight that the services team runs is testing. I think being able to uh, allocate a more significant portion of a total marketing budget towards testing um, really pays dividends in year two, three, four.
1: Ariana and Talia, it's been a pleasure having you. And we have a few more lightning round questions I want to get to. But before we do, I would love to know, you know, we've talked about a lot of different things. And we're not the only voice speaking to our listeners. New years bring new trends and new focuses and new reports. So there's all of this stuff coming at them. If there was only one thing you would encourage listeners to focus on as they lead marketing in 2023, what would that be?
0: I would say focus on your data and testing and learning from your data. That your best benchmarks come from your own data. So really being able to wrap your arms around your data and
2: understand even 20% more of it will be worth it in
1: 2023.
2: Talia? I'd say to continue to invest in really great storytelling about the mission of the organization. That continued engagement pays dividends in, in the long-term uh, strategy of uh, acquiring new donors and repeat donors and just sharing the success of the organization with them and being able to ask them for help. So that storytelling aspect, I think, is needs to stay a primary focus.
1: So testing, storytelling, and what I would add, which we've talked a lot about today, is focusing more on Long-term conversations with your community, not just short-term campaign conversions. And so take those with you. Think about co- having conversations, not just optimizing for conversions, testing, and then focusing on story. Those are great roundup. But with that, I would love to move into our lightning round. And you are a special guest on the Unplugged podcast, but I still want to dig a little bit in. Are you guys open for some lightning round questions?
2: Sure. <laughs> Let's do it.
1: Ariana, I'll let you go first on these. What was a book on or relating to marketing you wish you read earlier in your career?
0: I actually have not was not an avid reader on marketing specifically early in my career, but I loved courses. So one thought leader in the advertising space specifically that I wish I would have learned right out the gates is Kat Howell. She's a Facebook advertiser and... Her course uh, transformed the way I thought about marketing and advertising and understanding your audience. So for any marketers uh, or advertisers curious to like get into the weeds or the, tech, the technicalities of digital advertising, I highly recommend Cat Howell.
1: Cat Howell. Talia?
2: I don't know if you'd say... It would probably relate to marketing, I think, but probably the tipping point in just... Mm more deeply understanding human behavior and how that applies to marketing strategy and enabling actions. So Malcolm Gladwell's Tipping Point.
1: Yeah, that's a great one. A classic for mm-hmm. anyone, not just those doing marketing. I would add to that list, there's a book called Contagious by Jonah Berger. He's written a few other books too, but it's that behavioral psychology overlap with marketing. And there's a lot of great meat there, not tactical, like, oh, here's how you optimize a Facebook ad, but just like humans. Mm-hmm. And I think if we remember that we're humans and others are humans and we're trying to connect humans together, you know, our community to our cause or our members to our mission, like and understanding that behavioral psychology is really important. So tipping point, Kate Howell, and I will add one called Contagious by Jonah Berger. Uh, next, lightning round question is What's your go to marketing axiom or kind of something you hold on to when you're doing marketing that just keeps you grounded and keeps you focused on what matters most? Ariana? Uh,
0: that marketing is connecting and relating to humans. It's easy to get lost in the data, it's easy to uh, overanalyze it, but remembering that the whole point is trying to connect uh, via message. And we are marketing to humans, and we are humans. So I think that's comforting to know that it actually can be simpler as long as we are continuing to learn.
1: Yeah, that's great. Talia?
2: I'd say, and I think I mentioned it earlier, but discovery first, strategy second. Taking the time to really deeply understand the organization, the customer, in order to identify the ways that you can help them achieve their goals is is definitely something that I go back to every single time. Yeah. So discovery first, strategy second.
1: Love it. And that's probably the case on anything. Like even if you, if you're upset about something, Mm -hmm. discovery first, strategy (laughs) second. It's, you know, like...
2: Human behavior, there it is.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like just lean in with curiosity first, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and then formulate a plan. That's a good one. And last but not least, I would love to know what excites or what most excites you about marketing right now.
0: I love that we are starting to mature beyond single channel attribution. Marketing has never been attributed to just one channel. And now that that's becoming a little bit more accepted and there's more tools you know, like Feather that are able to show more of that story of how channels work together, I think we can have a, a more impactful conversation um, around the collaborative nature of marketing campaigns. So I'm excited that that's starting to get more and more traction in the space and um, it, it, I think, it empowers marketers to not be so hyper-focused
2: on just uh, efforts in a silo.
1: Brilliant, Talia.
2: I'd say I'm probably just extremely excited about the sheer number of charitable organizations and nonprofits that are really diving into the digital space right now, and just being able to be a part of that is really exciting to me right now. Um, Feather says, "Just my job is to help our customers." by allowing them to do more good, right? We do good marketing so they can do more good. And just I'm just so excited to see just the influx of nonprofits that are really diving into the space and seeing impactful results.
1: Absolutely. That's so true. And leading into both of those is, I think, because of what Ariana said and because of what you said, Talia, is I'm seeing marketing have a stronger seat at the leadership table and at the leading organizations. So I think right now we are having a resurgence of the power of marketing and the influence marketing has broader than just either like colors and design or broader than just running ads. Like it's not design and it's not advertising. It's more than that. And taking that seat at the table where marketing I think belongs is really important as organizations are doing good marketing to do more good. Absolutely. Well, with that, we will call it a wrap, but really grateful. Hopefully we can have you and your team back in the studio again very soon because you guys are in the trenches with our clients, helping them do, as Talia you said, good marketing so they can do more good. So thank you for being here.
0: Thank you so much, Noah. Thank you so much for having us. It's always fun to to geek out about this. So appreciate the space.
3: Good Marketing Unplugged would like to give a special thanks to our producer, The Good Podcast Company, and to Feather's very own Max Anderson, who wrote and performed our theme song.